All right, guys, welcome to episode number eight of the podcast. I am here with Ben Asadi. He is the founder of Keto Camp, which is an online community designed to help people reach the best health of their life. He's a four times bestselling author. He's a national speaker. He's the host of a top 15 rated the Keto Camp podcast. And dude, you're an all-around badass entrepreneur. I mean, I met you through our common friend, Jeremy. And when I started looking into you, I was just very impressed by what you're doing, especially considering the fact that uh, I would say probably 90% of what you're doing is in the online space. So Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you, Abraham, for that awesome introduction. I'm grateful to make the top 10, the first 10 episodes. That is awesome. I'm yeah. honored to be in that. I'm excited. I'm excited to, to have you here. And, and I want to have you here for two reasons. So uh, the reason I started this show, and it's cool because uh, you were, we had a conversation prior to me launching this show and you, you really pushed me to, to also like just get it out there. But uh, I was sharing with you how one of the reasons why I wanted to start this show was to show people that it's never been easier, that with tools like the internet, like social media, um, it's made it so much more possible for someone to start and grow a business. Doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. It still takes a lot of work, as, as you know, uh, but it's never been easier. And dude, you're doing it, which is the second reason. I believe that when people see other people that are doing it, it becomes much more possible uh, or uh, the, the possibility becomes, it becomes that it becomes a possibility for them that, hey, if Ben's doing it, if Abraham's doing it, if all of these people are doing it, why can't I do it? You know, so this is going to be a bit of a different podcast for you. Uh, you are used to talking a lot about health, uh, but I want to dive into, into the behind the scenes, kind of how you run your brand, how you run your business, how you've built uh, what you have. Because it, when I coach people, one of the things that I tell them, it's like, you have to become that person in a niche. Right. And when I see you and your brand, you've become that person in your niche. And that's something that I know that takes a lot of work. It's a, a lot of consistency. So I'm super, super stoked uh, to dive into that. So let's start. Let's start with how do you even get started? I mean, as I was doing a little bit of research for the show, I got to see that like many entrepreneurs, yours is a story of your pain becoming your purpose. So can we dive a little bit into that? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And that's a, a lot of people you see out there crushing it kind of have that pain to purpose story. Doesn't mean you have to, but I do see that as a common theme. Mm -hmm. So for me, I decided to get into the health space after I found myself being unhealthy, obese, uh, uh, depressed, suicidal, physically obese, mentally obese. And I got my act together back in 2008 when I went through this huge weight loss transformation, health transformation. And I decided, oh, that's pretty cool. I did all these things. I lost the weight. I started to get my health in order. What if I started to teach people that? Because I had a lot of friends and family members asking me, like, how did you do it? Like, can you help me? And I would give advice here and there. But I thought, what if I turn this into, instead of a hobby, into a business? And then at that time, I started my first company. And it's funny, Abraham, because the company, the first company that I started was called Shred Fat Inc. And I still have that company. It's just kind of rebranded. Re it got rebranded into Keto Camp, which I'll talk about. But the first website that I had, I started in 2009. 
and it was getfitdon'tquit.com. Love it. <laughs> and I started to do blogs on there. And like three months into it, I get a letter in the mail from a company called Body by Jake, who makes these workout equipments, and they have trademarked "Don't Quit." Mm. And they gave me a cease and desist letter saying, oh. "You're diverting traffic away from us. You know, either take it down or we got to go to court." And they gave me 30 days. And I was a small fish there, and I didn't have any money for lawyers, so. I just decided to get rid of it. And then I found shredfat.com available. And then I started shredfat. So that's what got, got me started. I became a personal trainer. I did a lot of blogs. I even started to grow my email list back then. Uh, but it wasn't until uh, t- three years ago that I decided to actually rebrand and focus in on the niche. Like you mentioned how important the niches are and it's what you teach. So I started to study marketing. I hired a marketing coach and he essentially told me, we got to get rid of the shred fat. It's too, too broad. And we got to focus on a niche. And he asked me, what do you love to speak about? Like, what do you find yourself studying and lit up about excited to talk about? And at that time, and still to this day was keto and intermittent fasting. And that's where we kind of brainstorm. And then we came up with keto camp camp with the K and it, it's good. It rolls off the tongue. It was not taken about the domain. So I started to just transition all of my material from shred fat to keto camp. And then I became super consistent along the way. But I do believe it is important to find a niche. And that niche came about after several years, but the, but I went into the health space from that pain story. So maybe somebody listening has something they're going through right now and it's they feel like it's a mess, but that mess could become your message as long as you persevere. And that could be a whole new world that is introduced to you. And it it could be the reason you're going through these challenges right now is so you could develop that message and develop that expertise in that field and then start delivering it to the rest of the world. So that's what happened with me. And I feel like I'm I'm still doing it to this day. I'm getting the message out there because it's my duty to do so. Powerful, dude. I love this idea of your mess becoming your message. And you quickly like passed over a, what your mess was and uh, I want to just stick around here because like I'm familiar with your story dude you went from weighing 250 pounds to 170 pounds 34% body fat to 6% body fat abs right in a matter of nine months right and this yeah. kind of like the mess that kick-started your your journey into entrepreneurship I know then later than the road uh there was also some complications with with the health of your your father right that led you to realize how flawed the system was and let you to like realize, okay, like, man, like this is why I'm here. This is what I want to do. And a, I guess this is what then kickstarted your journey to the health space. You said you became a personal trainer. A, when I was doing research for the show, I saw that you also started a CrossFit gym yeah. at one point. When does Ben transition to the online space? Because starting CrossFit gym and, becoming an online personality, an influencer in a niche, they're two totally different things, even though they're in the same field. Yeah, you've done your research, dude. Good job. (laughs) I love it. So I did open up a CrossFit gym in 2013 here in Miami. Uh, The CrossFit gym is still there, but in 2000 and what was it? 17, I started to actually have thoughts that I wanted to, you know, reach more people. I, I love the community there. It was great, but I was spending a lot of time there. It was brick and mortar. I had payroll and there was only so many people I could reach in that community. And I wanted, I had a big mission. I have a big mission to educate and to inspire 1 billion people. That's our mission. And I knew I couldn't do that spending a lot of time at the CrossFit gym 
and having a brick and mortar. So at that time, I started to negotiate with my business partner and we ended up agreeing for him to buy me out. It was like a three month ordeal. And then he bought me out. And that at that point, that was three years ago now, I decided to focus all of my energy and attention on the virtual space. That's where I started a new, new YouTube channel. That's when I rebranded to Keto Camp. That's where I really started to get consistent with my content and my live streams. And it was one of the best decisions that I made. I went from brick and mortar to click and order, right? It's so easy now to reach somebody. They could go to my website. They could go to an ebook. They could go to other things that we'll talk about. And I have now represented, the company has been represented at Keto Camp in 111 countries, right? I wouldn't have been able to do that if I stuck with the same uh, brick and mortar. So for me, it was, it was one of the best decisions that I made. Powerful. I, I love the wording going from brick and mortar to click and order. And you have a lot of a lot of these sentences. You remind me, and I know you've studied some like really great speakers. I see you repost a lot of like Jim Rohn stuff. Um, and, and I'm sure you've probably heard him. Like I love in, in one of your talks, you mentioned of kind of going from a victim of your past to a victor of your future, right? Uh, it, it's cool how little sentences like that can condense so much meaning into a couple words. Uh, but let's have a little bit into, okay, cool. You decide to go uh, from brick and board to click and order a, uh, you decide that like have to niche down a, uh, when, when do you then start kind of like, like really building this thing and what does that look like? Because in the beginning, when you jump into online entrepreneurship, there is a million things you can do and it's very easy to get distracted doing things that aren't really going to lead you to, to where you want to go. So how do you find the clarity to, to build what you've built up until now? Well, the best thing to do is to find somebody who's doing the things you want to do and pay them to teach it to you. That's, that's the best way to take decades and turn that into days. Uh, so that's what I did. You know, before that though, Abraham, I would read a lot of books and books are great because we have access to them, whether it's an audio book or a physical book or a Kindle book. Uh, and I would read, I would be obsessed with just reading. Anytime I had spare time, I would just read books, but it got to the point where reading so many different books actually worked against me. And maybe some of your listeners are in this place right now. I remember setting a goal to read 20 books in 30 days, and I ended up reading 23 books in 30 days. Wow. And it sounds cool, right? And it was a cool experiment. But after those 30 days, I was just like, all right, now what do I do? It's like, this amazing author says, go this direction. The other author says, no, don't go that direction, go this, this direction. So it just left me kind of conflicted and paralyzed with my thoughts and what direction I wanted to go to. So I decided instead of going uh, wide with the number of quantity of books that I'm reading, I'm going to focus on uh, going deep into just a, short, a handful of books and reading them over and over and over and applying the information and then finding one or two people that have been in my space doing the things I want to do and pay them to teach me what they learned. And, and, and that's, I think, the best way to do it. So I did that with a gentleman named Sean Croxton, who had a very popular health podcast for several years. Now he's more of a marketing mindset guy. So he helped shorten the curve. He helped me, help, he helped me create a keto camp and that's what I would recommend. Like, you know, it's exactly what you do to find somebody, pay them so they could teach you how to do it. And they could tell you, no, don't go that way. I've been that down that direction. It doesn't work. Go this direction. And then they could also hold you accountability accountable because I, be, I believe accountability is the glue that ties your goals to your results. 
And having somebody to hold you accountable will make that big difference. No, no, not a lot of people have the discipline to hold themselves accountable. So it's important to have somebody hold you accountable. It's powerful. I love how a lot of times in, in this type of podcast, when I interview people, it's always some sort of coach or mentor that's able to kind of speed up the process of helping someone. It's like a cheat code in life. It's like you get a mentor and it helps you get to, it just shortcuts the amount of time that it takes you to get to where you want to go. I got to ask, I'm also a big fan of books. I see your library in the back, my library's in the back. Is there any books that stand out that you've read during the time that really influenced you um, in a positive way and help you build what you what you have built up until now? Yes. Um, the Compound Effect by Darren Hardy, for sure. Because it helped, you, helped me understand that small little things that we do each day, they compound over time, whether it's a good habit or a bad habit. And it also helped me focus on um, not multitasking, instead focusing on one task until completion. I'm still working on that to this day. Uh, and then, you know, another book is Be Obsessed or Be Average by uh, Grant Cardone. You know, I, I love Grant Cardone's work. I don't agree with everything he shares, but I extract some of the amazing nuggets. And that book, Be Obsessed or Be Average, I've actually never read it, but I've listened to it. 27 times, believe it or not. I listened to that book 27 times and the chapter on failure, I believe it's chapter eight, uh, alone is, is worth the read. And it's one of the greatest chapter ever written because that what that chapter did for me helped me understand that failure doesn't exist unless I quit. And as long as you just keep pushing forward, you take the punches, navigate, turn it turns into wisdom and you just keep going forward. You're never going to fail. It's when you quit that you actually actually fail. So those are two books. And then one more, I would add anything from, from Dr. Wayne Dyer, who uh, he's, he's passed on now, but he helped me understand that your thoughts become things. And if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And you could change your life in a second by just changing your thoughts, which is our greatest power. So those would be my, my top three recommendations right there. Powerful. I love that uh, all of these are essentially mindset books and it goes to show that yeah like there's a business side of things but in my opinion like the business side of things it's just a tactic so the mindset's the thing that drives everything so i love that you brought up the compound effect because i'm actually reading that book right now for oh, the wow. first time and it, you mentioned how in the compound effect it shows you that it's little actions repeated over time that really yield be a result at the end of the day i would love to a hear from you what were some of those little things that you did started to do back when you were starting to build a keto camp the brand your position in the marketplace that later down the road turned out to be the things that really are driving right now the success that that you're having in your life like what were some of those like daily habits whether it was things that are business related or maybe lifestyle related that really made a big impact on what you're doing today yeah, great question. I would say the one of the biggest things was protecting the first 60 minutes of my morning and the last 60 minutes of my night, uh, because the, those two times are what uh, is when the subconscious mind is the most impressionable and whatever we feed to it will manifest in our day to day. Um, so the subconscious mind, as you know, Abraham, it doesn't have the ability to say that's wrong. This is right. It just accepts everything as truth. And it's highly impressionable during those time periods. So I, I used to wake up in the morning, check my phone, check Instagram, check my text messages. And the problem with that is 
it's like playing Russian roulette because yes, I could go on Instagram and have amazing comments. I could go on my text messages and have amazing text messages, or I could see a negative comment or a problem I need to solve. And all of a sudden I'm scrambling for the rest of my day, putting out fires. But if I could control that by not looking at my phone and writing down my goals instead and writing down what I'm grateful for and having a morning routine that sets up my day for a win. I'm a big believer. If you could, if you could own that morning, you're going to win the rest of your day. And the same thing at night, I like to feed myself gratitude and goals. And I actually write those down. So I have notebooks uh, just like this one that I'm holding up here, probably over 20 of them that are filled with just gratitude and goals. I haven't missed a single day in over five years. Wow. And when I write my goals, I write them down in present tense. So I have my 2021 goals and I'll, I won't write the wrong way to write it is uh, I'm going to do this or I want to do this. It's no, I actually write it as if I'm already accomplished it. So I have achieved this. I am doing this. So I write down those goals and then I write down what I'm grateful for. Gratitude is super important because I, I believe what we appreciate appreciates. And the more we feed energy to what we want to work for us and what we're grateful for, the more that we're given uh, to be grateful for. So those have been th that, that routine, just blocking out the first hour, blocking out the last hour has been the biggest, one of the biggest things for me. Powerful. I love it. I love it. Uh, now, could you share one related to your business? Because one of the things that I've noticed is that you're one of the most consistent guys that I've seen that I follow in terms of like how you show up. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with this type of ritual, especially like I know mornings are, are huge. Uh, but in your business, what were some seeds that you just kept planting and planting and planting over and over and over again that a lot of the times in the beginning, it's maybe like you're not seeing the result, but over years, you really start to see them bear fruits. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for the compliment, by the way. Um, well, I've been super consistent for sure on my social media platforms. We haven't missed a day of posting in I think three years now on, on wow. all the platforms. Yeah, Respect. a single day. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so in the beginning though, when I, when I went to the virtual space three years ago, I would do Facebook lives multiple times per week and I would go on Facebook and I would get one person watching me, two people watching me. And you know, it shows you how many people are watching. Um, and that would happen for like months, but I would show up on that live stream as if there was like a hundred thousand people on there and I would give it all I got and, and not really pay attention to the number that's showing that people watching live. And I kept just showing up and showing up every single week. And, and now that's, you know, snowball, I get more people on my live streams. I have a weekly, every Wednesday at 12 PM Eastern time, I do a live stream where I have this setup here. Uh, and I'm connected to YouTube. I'm connected to Instagram. I'm now connected to TikTok, to Twitch, to two f Facebook platforms, personal and business, all in one stream. And, and I only have missed one Wednesday in the last two years. And the only reason I missed that Wednesday is because I was losing my voice from a challenge I was doing. Other than that, I just show up. And, you know, and, and it's going to suck. You know, you know this, Abraham. When you start to embark on a new goal, whether it's a health goal, whether it's a new podcast, whether it's a business uh, or a relationship in the beginning, it sucks because it's new territory. You're still figuring things out. You're being stretched outside of your comfort zone, but I have a formula for success. I don't think you've heard this one before. My formula for success is suck, 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 cess. Okay. Ah, I love it. I Embrace love it. the suck. Just keep yeah. pushing forward. And then sooner or later, you will break the universe in your favor and you'll start to gain that traction. Success is like a hockey stick, right? You see a hockey stick, it's, you know, 
you're doing all the things every single day. You're not getting the results, but a lot of people quit halfway through. But if you just stick with it, boom, that hockey stick, that little line shoots up. And that's where you start to get a lot of traction. Beautiful. And, and that is the compound effect, right? I yep. think if, if I recall right, the, how the book starts is like you, you have two options. It's either like a penny doubling itself for 31 days or you get $2 million right away, right? And, and at the end, after most people would pick $2 million. It's just like, well, I get yeah. $2 million now. Instant gratification, right? Right, right. And, and I remember something, it's like on the 20, 27th day, you only have like like half the money. And then like in a matter of like a couple of days, like when you said the hockey stick combat effect kind of comes to place. And like, it, it like, I think at the end, you end up with like 3 million, like one point something, 1.6 million more than, if you were to choose 2 million in the beginning, um, so powerful. I, I love that suck, 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 success because it does really feel like that. And so many people get discouraged. And I think that's the way that uh, the universe life really uh, tests you and, and, and makes you stronger. One of the things that, that I recall you saying was that uh, during your first transformation experience, when you lost so much weight, uh, yes, you built a sex pack, but you what you built during the time really was a mental six pack, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and this mental resilience of like, man, like like I want this thing and I'm gonna make it happen regardless of whatever it takes, you know. Um, and I've noticed we live in a world where we're so used to getting everything right away. I mean, dude, sometimes I order Amazon stuff and it gets here within like four or five hours, same day, right? Yeah. And we expect success, especially in business or in life or, or similar things to just happen like that. And unfortunately, it's, it's not like that. And I see a lot of people approach entrepreneurship with this sense of entitlement just because I want it, I should have it. Um, but it's, dude, you have, to, you have to pay your dues. So I want to quickly transition into branding, branding and positioning. Because at this point, when I look at you, You've done it. Like you have a brand, you're positioned in the marketplace, you're recognized, you're an influencer in the space. Um, and at, up at the top, there's only a, a space for a couple of those, in my opinion, that are very well positioned. And you're one of them in your space. What have what has been the biggest contributors, lessons, uh, things that you've implemented to be able to make this happen? Let's say if and then I'll, I'll kind of focus this question around this. If somebody was starting a brand today and they wanted to become that person in a niche, they wanted to build that positioning, what would you say to that person? Focus on X, Y, and C. What would these things be? Yeah, good question. I would say to find a, a social media platform, one, that you could master and master that social media platform and let it drip into all the other social media platforms. So for me, it was YouTube. YouTube was and still is number one for me. That's where I would say at least 80% of the people who discover me is from YouTube. I have been able to collect over 30,000 emails, mostly from YouTube without spending a cent on any of those emails, all organic. I've been able to get people into my online programs on you know my webinars mostly from YouTube. Uh, so that's what I would recommend. And then what I do then, once I've mastered YouTube, then I could take that content and cut it up and then drip it out all over the other social media platforms. That's why I have been super consistent and haven't missed a day of posting because most of those posts 
are coming from YouTube and they're cut up and they're just repurposed on there. My podcast is also another uh, big platform for me, but the reason the podcast was so successful and is so successful is because YouTube started first. And then after six months of doing YouTube and gaining good traction, then I added the podcast. I didn't try to chase two rabbits at once. I focused on one platform. And you know, in the beginning, I actually wanted to do both at the same time. And my coach at that time told me, got to choose one, either the podcast or the YouTube. And I didn't like that answer, but he had the results. So I listened to him and I said, all right, I'll choose YouTube. And it was a good decision because that what got started with for me, the YouTube, and it took off. And then I add the podcast. So I would recommend to your audience, find a platform. I do recommend YouTube. It doesn't have to be YouTube. It could be TikTok like Jeremy, our friend is crushing it on there. It could be a podcast like you're doing here with your Never Been Easier podcast. It could be LinkedIn, but I would find one platform that you could master and really understand the algorithm and the SEO, master it and let that drip into other platforms for you. Beautiful, beautiful. I love the idea of focus. And it's something that I often do with people that come my way. They're like, man, like I want to do TikTok, Instagram, like all these things at the same time. And I want to master them all. And and you look at the results they're getting from like that strategy and it, it's almost nothing compared to when you help them kind of refocus their energy on cool. Let's just focus on doing one thing and you can see that you make things happen much, much quicker. So you said you focus on YouTube for six months before you shift it to anything else, right? Mm -hmm. yep. What were those first six months like? It sucks, sucks, success. It was slow growth. Uh, I remember. So before I started the YouTube channel, I got clear on my niche, which is what you said at the beginning. R niches are important. The riches are in the niches. So for YouTube specifically, niche, the, the YouTube algorithm does reward niches. So it's important. Instead of me having Benazadi Health or the Health channel, I have Keto Camp. So somebody sees my channel for the first time or they hear about it, they already know what the channel's about. It's about keto right? That's what we want. We want them to get that right from the beginning. So 90% of my content on YouTube is keto and fasting related. Of course, I'll sprinkle in other things, but the majority of it is keto. So when I started the channel, right before I started the channel, I said to myself, I'm going to, I'm going to commit, not, I'm not interested. I'm going to, there's a big difference between being interested in something and being committed. I said, I'm going to commit to releasing two videos every single week on my YouTube channel. Every Monday, every Friday. So I threw my hat over the fence and I kind of forced myself to go get the hat. And every single week I would do Monday, Friday, Monday, Friday, one month in Monday, Friday, two months in Monday, Friday. Now it was four months in and I was a little bit discouraged because the subscriber count at that time was 342. I actually remember the exact number, which is great because that's 342 people who decided to subscribe and watch me, but I had bigger goals than that. So I was a little frustrated at that point, four months in, 342 subscribers, but I said, oh, well, I committed to at least doing a year of Monday, Friday, Monday, Friday. So I just kept doing it, kept doing Monday, Friday. And a week after that, I started to look at my analytics and I see one of my videos about keto fruits start to just take off. It went from like 1200 views and I refreshed it two hours later, 5,000 views. I refreshed it an hour later, 7,000 views. The next morning, 20,000 views. Now that video has over a million views. And once I saw that video take off, I went from two videos a week to three videos a week, sometimes four videos a week. 
And then the channel now just took off. And now I have over 125,000 subscribers. So that is a perfect example of embracing the suck and just keep pushing forward. It's not going to be instant growth. Maybe for somebody, they might get a video that takes off in the beginning, but it's not usual for that to happen. And it's really a testament to how committed you are to your uh, message and your vision to help people with whatever you're delivering to them. I really believe it's the, the survival of the fittest in that sense. How strong, how committed are you to the message? I'm hundred percent committed to the message of delivering health. So the question to ask yourself is how committed are you to your message? The more committed you are, the stronger you are, the stronger your why, then the, e the easier the how is going to become. And when life punches you in the face, because it's going to, you're going to take the punches and just roll with it. And then that's where you're going to achieve really elite status. I love it. I love it. Did you have resistance to committing to a niche? Because I see a lot of people that say, man, well, I don't want to put myself in a box. There is like so much more that I could talk about. A, did you experience that? Totally, man. Totally experienced that. I told my coach that at the time, like, yeah, but I love talking about business and marketing. I love talking about mindset. I love talking about sleep. And what he essentially told me was, that's great. But if you want to grow fast, you want to focus on a niche. Yeah. And if you don't, it'll just, you could still do it. It'll just take you much, much longer to get that traction. So I was hesitant to it, but my coach told me you're going to grow much faster. So what he essentially told me at that time was you focus in on a niche, you master that niche, you become the authority in that niche. And once you reach a certain point and build a, a, a big community, then you could start expanding to other topics. And that's how most people have done it successfully. That's how he did it successfully. And that's exactly what I'm doing now. Now uh, I have a, a big community. I'm starting to focus on other topics and other directions. But I, I do believe the, the faster you want to grow is dependent on how focused your niche is and how good you are at explaining that niche to somebody so they understand it. Beautiful. So for your type of business and the type of business that I'm helping a lot of people build and the people that want to tune into this, their personal brand based business. I noticed that there is a big amount of work when it comes to identity work because you have to become that person and you have to embody it. Can you speak to the identity work that you had to do, if any, to become this social media personality that you are right now? Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, number one is to do an audit on your environment because you become your environment. I know that, you know, this Abraham, Jim Rohn said it, you hang out with five broke people, you're going to be the sixth broke person. So what we want to do is do an exercise where you just grab a piece of paper and on the right side, write everybody who in your life, who's charging you up, they're supporting you. You're, you're lit up after you have a conversation with them. That's how I feel about you, Abraham and, and Jeremy. And then on the left side, you want to write the drainers, people who are not supporting you. They're negative. They're, you're drained after you speak to them, essentially. And it could be family members and close friends. And that left side of the column is going to be much longer than the right side. And what you want to do is determine, first of all, do that audit and then spend more time on the people who are charging you up. So when I started to go out on social media, of course, there are the haters out there that are going to comment negatively. I get it to this day, but it's really the naysayers that the family members and the friends that make those little subtle comments that really penetrate you more than the haters because the haters 
as they say, the haters are going to hate, the creator is going to create, mm -hmm. and the haters will see you walk on water and say it's because you can't swim, right? right. But the, the naysayers is, is what we want to pay attention to. So um, I would recommend doing an audit, control your environment, make sure the people in your life are supporting you. And if they're not, let them know, look, this is my goal. This is what I want to do. And if you can't support me, then I can't really spend that much time with you. Uh, my future self and my future family and my future vision and business and all the things you want to accomplish, that's more important than having somebody in your life feel bad of you making these changes. Because you've probably seen this with what you've done, um, Abraham, but when you change, you become a threat to everybody in your life who does not change. It starts to point a mirror to them and what they're not doing. And they'll make those comments because it's easier for them to drag you back down to yeah. their level than it is for them to start making changes. So just be aware that's going to happen. You're going to have to cut some people out of your life. That exercise is so important. Do an audit. I always recommend that to all my Keto Camp Academy student members because when it comes to health, it's the same thing. So that would be my number one tip there. Jer uh, I keep calling you Jeremy. <laughs> Abraham yeah. is to do an audit on your environment, hang out with the chargers, cut out the drainers, and you're going to be much more successful. It's powerful. That reminds me of this idea of ontological design, where we design our environments, right, our physical environments, and then they return the favor. And it's the same thing with the music that we listen to, the books that we read, and like you said, the people that we surround ourselves with. Amen. So I want to shift directions a little bit to product creation, how you think about creating online products, online experiences, kind of like what you've created with Keto Camp. And yeah, how do you make something that someone wants to be a part of. And once they're a part of it, that they enjoy being a part of that community and, and decide to stick around because it is my understanding that with Keto Camp, people stick around on a monthly basis, right? Yeah. So how do you, how do you build something like that? How, what's your thinking around creating an amazing online experience? Community is important. You know, having monthly challenges, organization is so important. It's something that I'm still getting better at. A lot of people ask the question. I've gotten this question asked a lot from other like entrepreneurs who want to create an online course. How do you start? And number one, and then why would somebody pay you if you, they could get all that free content like on your podcast and YouTube, et cetera? So I'm going to answer the second question first. Why would somebody pay you if you already have so much free content out there? They're going to pay you for the organization of that content beautiful, right? The structure of that. So I have my four pillar structure. I have everything organized. So it, it takes, you know, months of them having to go watch all these videos. People don't want to spend that much time. So it'll condense that learning curve and just give it to them in a complete step-by-step -step system. So they pay for that step-by-step -step system. Now, how do they stay on a monthly retention community, you know, making sure Something that I've learned over the years is have now I have an onboarding process for every new member. They get to meet with Alina, who's on my team, and she gets to ask them questions. She gets to answer their questions. We share with them always ins inspiring stories. I have learned that in order to inspire somebody, it's not really about the science of health, but sharing testimonials. And it could be like business testimonials, like you know before and after or somebody's growth with their podcast, or whatever that you're working with them on. So how would you even get started with all of that? Um, I think it's important to develop that online community with YouTube or podcasts, whatever it is. So develop that following. But I don't really sell on my social media platforms. I don't know um, how you feel about that, but I don't sell on my social media platforms. What I, when I say I don't sell, I don't sell a paying program. I sell 
free freemiums. I sell my eBooks. I sell a webinar. And then when they get on my email list from an ebook or on my webinar, free webinar, then I'll sell them, right? So, but I don't really sell too much on my social media platform. So I think it's important to have a ebook that's 12 pages or less. It doesn't have to be complicated. You want to write it in a way that like a teenager could understand it, could take them off the social media platform to a landing page. All you take is what I do, take their first name and their email address, and then boom, they're automatically sent that ebook and they're now on a three days of an onboarding series of emails that I already have structured for them. Hey, you know, this is Ben Azadi. Nice to meet you. Uh, I'm the founder of XYZ. Here's the, your ebook, download it below. And then at the bottom of that first email that's just automated, it'll say, P.S. Um, tomorrow, no, it'll say, P.S. Have you ever done intermittent fasting before? Have you heard about like the common myths about fasting? On tomorrow's email, I'm gonna debunk some of the most common themes for intermittent fasting. So make sure you open up that video, to, that email tomorrow. And then on the next email, I'll give the answer and then I'll put a video to my YouTube channel at the bottom to take some back to my YouTube platform. And then they go into my email list ecosphere. And then I'm just giving them value, value, that jab, 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 right hook concept. And then all of a sudden I have an affiliate product or I have my product and then I put it in an email and then that's how I'm able to get people into my programs. Powerful, powerful, dude. Uh, yeah, it's what I tell people, lead, lead with value. People, by doing that, people will get to trust you. They'll like you. Uh, and they'll, when you teach them, you actually are able to provide people with some sort of uh, insight or shift uh, on their journey. They'll start to see some authority, and then it makes sense to uh, sell because the, the grounds fertilize, if you will. So, yep. uh, Ben, thank you for sharing all this stuff related to business. Uh, it would be a sin to have you on this podcast, and I'll talk a little bit about health. I mean, this is, this is your thing. You know, we have a lot of entrepreneurs on uh, tuning into this podcast. And uh, I often say that entrepreneurs don't have business problems. They have life problems that reflects on their business. A lot of the times what I've noticed is uh, entrepreneurs' performance at work and on their business is closely related to their energy levels, to their health, to how they're feeling throughout the day. Uh, and I notice so many people don't have their biology, right? So being an entrepreneur yourself, being an expert in the health space, what can you, what are some tips that you can give to people that want to perform at a higher level uh, that relate, that, that they can kind of reach by tweaking maybe some health hacks? I know uh, for me, it's something that, that I've learned from some of your comments, like, how when I uh, do a little bit of intermittent fasting, right? Like the first four, six hours of my day, because I'm not digesting food, dude. My focus is insane. Like I feel like I'm on the limitless drug and it's, yeah. and dude, I'm so much more productive when I'm not digesting food. Um, and that's something that I know for a fact allows me to do more in a day, make more money, grow my business. And I know there's also people that come breakfast, they have a huge breakfast, and then they're sleepy, lunch, take a nap, and they can't do anything else throughout the rest of the day. So Ben, enlighten us. What can people do to perform better, to show up more powerfully, whether it's by tweaking their diet or tweaking their health? I interviewed Patrick Bet David from Valuetainment last year on my podcast. Wow. Even though it's, awesome. Yeah, I have a keto podcast, but I'm like, I want to interview this guy. So I emailed his team and they said, yeah. 
And the reason I bring him up is because he said, the bigger the vision, the bigger the mission, the more energy required, right? So if you want to make some noise in this world and scale up and crush it with your business, you have to have the energy. You said it, you, you can't do it without the energy. Your, your health is your true wealth. So it really starts with that. You know, everything that I said is great and all that's going to work, but if you don't have the energy to do it in the focus, it's not going to work to the extent that you want it to work. So what are some you know easy things you can do? Well, you mentioned intermittent fasting for sure. Fasting is a, a super tool. It's like a limitless drug. <laughs> I love that analogy because it takes a lot of energy, a lot of resources, and a lot of blood flow to process a meal, to digest that meal. But if you're fasted and you just skip breakfast, maybe have some coffee, coffee with like some coconut oil or butter, you're going to power on your brain. Your body's going to pump itself full of energy. You're not going to use energy for digestion and you're going to crush your day. I'm also the most productive, the most mentally resilient, if you will, when I'm in a fasted state. If I'm going to give an important presentation or a lecture from speaking on stage, you better believe I'm going to be fasted because I'm going to crush it. I'm going to be on my A game. So that's number one, intermittent fasting. And I, want, I, want to, I want to cut you off there for a second. Yeah. Guys, Ben has a video on his YouTube channel on a coffee recipe that's mm. unreal. You'll drink this thing and you will feel like your brain's just operating on premium gas. So definitely, what's the name of that video? Do you know it? Off top yeah, of yeah. If you type in Keto Camp Coffee and Camp is spelled with a K, Keto Camp Coffee on YouTube, it'll pop right up as the first video. Beautiful. Go yeah, on. thank you for that. I'm glad you watched that. Yeah, I brought a film crew here to film me making my uh, morning cup of coffee. You know, that's a simple thing. You just switch from your breakfast to that keto coffee that you're referencing, Abraham. And that'll be a great way. Not only that, it'll help you with energy levels for sure, but also you'll start to lose some weight just by making that one switch. Another simple tip, don't eat anything three hours before bed, you know, because when you eat right before bed, not only is it inflammatory and will it age you faster, but your body's going to be using energy for digestion versus repair and fat burning and recovering during sleep. And if you want to wake up with amazing energy levels and focus, sleep is important. And if you eat before bed, it's going to interfere with your sleep. Another tip is sun, sunlight. You know, we live in Miami. We're blessed to have sunlight on most days, not today. But when you go outside, especially in the morning, if you could get sunrise sunlight, when the sun comes up in the morning, 10, 15 minutes, take off your sunglasses, get as much skin in contact with the sun. That's going to pair your hormones with mother nature. It's called a circadian rhythm, and that'll give you energy levels as well. And the final tip here, another practical tip would be to reduce your levels of glucose spikes. So when we think about glucose, it's the body regulates glucose. It's called blood sugars, glucose, same thing. When you're eating a diet that is high in carbohydrates, especially processed carbohydrates, you get the most glucose spikes, which might give you immediate energy. So you are snacking throughout the day, you're eating high carbs because you feel good right in that moment. But what happens? Glucose spikes up and then it's a sharp, a, a sharp drop down. And then all of a sudden your energy levels drop. So let's limit the carbohydrates and just eat more healthy fat and protein along with the other tips. And you'll have more energy, more focus, more clarity, and you'll be able to get the task done that you have for the day. Powerful dude. Thank you for sharing that. This is one of the most information and value dense podcast that I've done. So uh, awesome. I think this is probably a good point to start wrapping up the podcast. I would love to, for you to share where people can connect with you. Uh, can you share a little bit also about the books that you have available? 
keto camp, what it's all about. Because I'm sure, especially after this last part, people are going to want to learn more about you, about the content that you put out. And, and yeah, just how do people connect with you? What all do you have out there? Yeah, thank you, Abraham. Um, thank you for having me on your show. I love what you're doing, crushing it out there. I remember when the podcast was just an idea at dinner, we were having steak. Yeah. And uh, now you're a few episodes in. So congratulations, man. You're doing thank great you, work. Man. You're, you're brilliant at that. what you do. Yeah. So um, my Keto Camp podcast would be an easy transition since we're on your Never Been Easier podcast. If you just type in Keto Camp podcast on any podcast platform, it'll pop right up. We're about to hit episode 300 and a, and a million downloads, by the way. We're about to hit it soon. Yeah, consistent. Uh, and, um, and then if you want to see kind of my, my sequence of emails that I send out that I have automated and also get the guide, which is going to teach you what to eat versus not what to eat then I encourage you to go to ketocampblueprint.com. Remember, camp is spelled with a K, ketocampblueprint.com. That'll give you an ebook that's an aisle-by-aisle grocery shopping list of what to eat, what not to eat. But also, you'll, you'll get three series of emails that I have automated, and then you'll get added to my email list so you can start to see some of the things that I do with my, with my email list. So that's what I would recommend for you. Beautiful. Awesome, Ben. Uh, before we wrap up, one more thing. I would love to ask you, what would you say to uh, someone that's just getting started or maybe thinking about getting started in the online entrepreneurship space and they're, they're looking at it, they're intrigued, maybe there's some fear, uh, maybe there's some limiting beliefs around whether they can do it or, 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 or not. What would you say to that person? I would say that you lean into the fear look at fear as a green light, as uncomfortable as it is, lean into it. And there's going to be self-limiting beliefs. I still have self-limiting beliefs to this day. It's gotten better over the years. I'm sure Abraham has them as well. I don't think we ever get rid of those self-limiting beliefs. It's really the brain's way of like survival. It's always going to be there. But if you could understand, here's the most important thing I've been able to understand. Self-limiting beliefs have nothing to do with who you are and your potential and all the things you want to accomplish, they have everything to do with your conditioning. You know, who the first seven years of growing up, you develop these beliefs that are essentially false beliefs. And the, the average person is thinking about 60,000 thoughts every day on average, and 90% of them are negative, self-limiting thoughts, especially if you're watching news and you're surrounding yourself with negative people. So whenever you have those thoughts come in, well, your greatest power, as I mentioned earlier from Dr. Wayne Dyer, he said, your greatest power is your ability to choose your thoughts. So let those negative thoughts just pass and choose a better thought. Because if your thinking is thinking, your dreams are shrinking. Okay. And I mean, health dreams, finance dreams, business dreams. So think better thoughts. When you change your thoughts, you change your life. And it's going to be not a sprint, but a marathon. So be really aware of the thoughts that are coming in on a day-to-day -day basis and then just start to choose better thoughts and get 1% better each day. Just keep beating yesterday. And all of a sudden, you're going to get all the things you want to achieve. Love it. Powerful advice. Ben, this has been a pleasure. I look forward to doing a round two with you at some point. 